The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Historic week on the pod. We are 10 games away, two weeks away from $640,000. A special edition of the pod this week and a bonus coming up pod on Saturday. Listen and find out about it. Boy, the crossfires late in the show got wild and intense. If you're going to bet, you need outs. Bet DSI, and there's a special promo code, BELL101. That helps pregame and the dream preview, and hopefully it will help you. That promo code, BELL101, gives you special bonus offers. That's all up at the website, betdsi.com. 20 years online. Reputation for service, fast payment. And as we said, not only do you get the bonus, it's one of those things, hey, if you like the place, you have another out. If you don't like the place, you move on. So sort of a free roll. At least you're getting a lot of extra value. And as I always say, if you have one out, it's not enough. If you have two, it's not enough. If you have three, it's enough. Now, four is good, five is good, six is good. But for you out there with... Less than three outs, you need to get to three. It's very hard to win if you don't. BetDSI.com, promo code BELL101. And I would say the next, what, eight weeks? As much, you know, but let's go three, three and a half months from now, all the bowls left, NFL playoffs. Obviously, we're super focused on the NFL to try to win this super contest then the playoffs, and then into the Super Bowl, into March Madness. I mean, this is like the action-packed couple of months coming up. BetDSI.com, promo code BELL101. Now on to the special pod. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. NFL Week 16 edition and taking it home. The Super Contest title. And we've got a full Wise Guy Roundtable to my left. The Vig, Matty Holt in front of me. Two times and counting Super Contest champion. Steve Fezzik, Brad Power sitting in to collect his money. I'm RJ Bell. All right, guys. Going to be a little different this week. A little different. We went four and one. Most of you know that, that on the Super Contest. We are now alone in second. One game back from one person. Online Sportsbook has us favored. I think my bookie is the name of it. Has us favored to win this thing. I think we're the favorites. But here's the thing. The, the, the player in first had four of our picks matched. Could be a coincidence. I mean, listen, coincidences happen. What do you think, Fez? Four. Four <laughs> matchups. I don't know, RJ. That's a pretty big coincidence, especially considering some of our other competitors didn't match any of them. 
right. So here's what else. Well, I they think lost. we got sneak attacked. I mean, I was so focused on Worcester Prep sitting in the corner, scared and crying that we got <laughs> sneak attacked by there can only be one. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do, guys. We've got two crossfires where we are on opposite sides. We're going to do those with vigor. Otherwise, we're going to talk about both sides of every game. This pod comes out on Thursday, as you know. But here's the bonus. The bonus is we're going to record another podcast. It's going to be a little 12-minute, 15-minute deal in which on Saturday morning, well, not quite Saturday morning, 11 Pacific in Vegas, obviously Pacific time, is when the picks have to be in. We're going to release the pod right then with all the picks. So you have two ways to know exactly who we landed on. One is listen to the picks pod bonus that comes out Saturday. And number two is I'm tweeting out at RJ in Vegas, the five picks. So you'll know who we're on for sure. This is going to be just an extravaganza of information because Fez, I've been putting in probably double time on the handicapping. How would you characterize your time? I'm groggy today. That's how I characterize it. I was up late. So I think we've got a ton of great info. So let's quickly recap last week and get to it. Uh, hi, I'm the Vig. I went two and two and lost. Actually, I went two, one and one. Uh, this says two, two and one. I guess I went two, two and one and lost 1,200. Ooh, so you're still up though. Oh yeah, and I'm up uh, $520 for the season. Fez. Right now I'm a two-time super contest champion. <laughs> I went two and one last week. I won $300. How's your season? Season's good. Uh, I believe 11 and three on best bets, correct? I'm talking about your season on the bets between us, the green button bets. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. There's been some setbacks when you guys disagree. <laughs> 17 and 29 down $2,820. I mean, like our theme music's going to end here soon because Patrick took so long to get that out. Boy, if there's ever an example of how short sample sizes or buckets of picks, he's 11 and three with best bets. And you're down almost $3,000 betting a couple hundred a game with us. Yeah, the fifth selections haven't done as well. <laughs> Brad, now, here's the sick part. Brad has the most wins. We've been trying to pick on him so much. We've been just falling into his trap. Let's let him say it. Yeah, 2-0 and all last week, up 600. And <laughs> number one in the college, number one in the NFL, number one in your hearts. I'm up 1330 bucks. <laughs> That's the old uh, Grey Ghost. I don't know. Everybody's All-American. Great movie from the late 80s. When he used to run on the field, they go number one. I, I think number zero. Number zero on his jersey. Number one in your hearts. <laughs> Brett, how how many times? Now, be on, will you be honest? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. How many times did you think about saying number one in the NFL, number one in college? Oh, I just when I looked and saw oh, it was BS. number one. I wasn't BS. even. Well, I wasn't number one, Maddie, until this past week. Exactly. Maddie so I'm saying, coming into this pod, how many times did you think about it? Not until I saw the sheet, but I thought about it like two or three times after I saw the sheet. <laughs> I'm RJ. One, uh, one, one, and one last week. Actually, that's not right. I'm one, zero, oh, and one. We had a little. See, the thing was, Maddie, it was confusing. Remember, the Ravens line in the super contest was seven and a half, yeah, but, but we negotiated an eight. And it caused a push. 
always get that extra half. I don't know. Oh, it's we got it on tape. No past posts. Come on. Yeah, we got it on tape. So we'll I'll play it for you on tape. But anyway, it was a little mix up in the uh getting that right. But we got it right. I'm up uh last week and up on the season. I win. All right, let's do it. Showtime! Woo! All right, we got two crossfires at minimum. We can also have have ad ad hoc crossfires. We're going rotation order. Saturday, Titans, Redskins. Line is 10. Oh, nine and a half. That's interesting. Titans, nine and a half. Faz, we're going to start with you. And let's always start with the favor. Why bet the Titans here? I think you could look towards the Titans based upon their improved offense throughout the year. The fact that they had to go with the Gabbert for three games and then he got hurt. So you had to bring Mariota back from injury. So bottom line, September and October, the Titans were averaging only 15 points per game. Since that, with a healthy Mariota averaging 23, their offense has been a lot better. So this is one of those, the stats on the season are deceiving. Yes. Maddie, what's your number one case for the Titans? Back-to-back games, having a running back with over 150 yards. We know the Tennessee Titans offense is working at its best when the ground game is working first and Marcus Mariota is able to play action pass to get the passing game going. That's been the case the past couple of weeks. If that continues, they'll probably cover the number again this week. Hmm. What about the theory that big bruising backs late in the season are more effective mm. because the D the, uh, it's cold. Oftentimes the attrition of injuries, the defenses are thinned out and they just are, they just get banged and banged and banged playoff football. Let's say late in the year thoughts. I don't know that is most of those yards came on, you know, smashing over and over again a couple of weeks ago against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was a 99-yard run where he stiff-armed four different guys to the ground, uh, and that was the vast majority of his yards in that game. Our one loser was the Jags last week, and we were way off, so that felt it was good. It wasn't a, a tight loss. Um, Do we reevaluate the Redskins? So, Fez, the quarterback, how do you rate the Redskins quarterback from last week. Yeah, Josh Johnson played much better than we expected. And I got to be honest, RJ, if you like Washington, there's a lot to like about the fact that clearly the team did not like the Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, the fact that he is out of there and Johnson has come in. I think that this team has gotten an emotional lift after the devastating news of both of their quarterbacks going out with broken legs this year. And give them credit last week. They got down in that game. They gave up that big play on the punt return right before half. Hey, at 10-3, they easily could have mailed it in. They didn't. They rallied back to tie it, take the lead, and win the football game. Yeah, I mean, if anything, if you don't have that punt return, Redskins dominate the game. Killed them. Mackie, what's the Redskins' playoff chances right now in 538? He'll jump in when he gets that. Okay. 11% right now. So, I mean... I don't listen. What we know, what we know for sure is these NFL players for the most part are not getting Excel sheets out, right? So in general, we're in it. We, if we win and actually if they win both games, because to me, 75%, they win both. If Washington wins both games, they have a 75% chance to make the playoffs. I mean, how can we question their motivation? You can't, right? They virtually control their own destiny. Can't question motivation. 
O-line for Washington? They just as beat up or is that getting better? It, you know, I don't have the specifics behind it. It did improve from its low point uh, a couple weeks ago. And one of the things that might help, as we know, this time of year with a not-so-good offensive line is having a quarterback with a little bit of mobility. We saw Josh Johnson last week mm, that's escaping the pocket multiple times. That's a really good point. And also, we always talk about mobile quarterbacks. It's not sustainable running game after game, but, hey, there's two games left. You know, also, this time of year, so many of the players are playing out the string and they're thinking to themselves, let me not get hurt because I want to play next year. Think about contracts and the like. You get a guy like Josh Johnson and he's playing for his future NFL life. This is his resume builder. You know you're going to get his best effort the next two weeks. And remember, if you're a backup quarterback for five years in the NFL, that's more money than 99% of people make in their lives. So you're right. Guys like Mullins, John, I mean, if he, if it can give him a couple years as a backup, it's like hitting the lottery. It's a lot more money. He'd make a lot more as a backup in the NFL than he's ever going to make as the number one pick in the American Association of of wannabe football or whatever it was that he got. Or to. or more than we're going to make winning the Super Contest. That's right. Think about that a second. Huh. He's got his own little Super Contest going on. <laughs> I tell you this, though. Tenet, well, let's get into the total stuff, right? So the total on this is what? In the 37 range. 37. So and and this is where I thought was our downfall mm-hmm. of the Jags last week. We all talk about it every week. It's standard ha- standard handicapping process. You know, laying seven and a half with a total of thirty six. It's even worse, I think, mathematically to lay ten with a total of thirty seven. So, if you do like the skins, do you have to play the under? I think it's very correlated here. Yeah, to the point of you might want to like ask for a $400 two-team parlay instead of a $500 because that might flag for approval and they might tell you no at some books. So do, do any Vegas books stop you from correlated parlay or from NFL side total? Oh, absolutely. God, that's not good. Or at least they limit them. But they if you keep walking up with and play it over and over for small amounts, you can pretty much get whatever you want. As we know, you're the dirtiest <laughs> player in the game. No one's questioning that one. If you keep going, <laughs> I just if you go to the bathroom and change your ensemble <laughs> and go up to the counter fourteen times. <laughs> He's like Andy Kaufman. <laughs> but he, this is for another pod. So just thirty seconds, Patty. I would assume though that. If the total's this low and the line's 10, the line would be 12 or 12 and a half if the total were 50, meaning isn't it accounted for that you're going to depress the favorite if the scoring is supposed to be less? I don't think that the favorite's depressed here. I think you have a team in Tennessee that hasn't shown. I mean, Fez is bragging about their offense work in 2018 NFL, their offense being better, averaging 23 points a game lately. This is an offense. I mean, in the NFL, you want to talk about good offenses. They're in the high 20s. Tennessee's offense has improved to get to the low 20s. You can't average 23 points a game and lay double digits. All right. Remember all the picks on Saturday. Next game, Ravens, Chargers. We actually have sound from Mr. Dave Esler on this game. And the line in this game is four and a half. On Saturday, I like the Ravens plus the points at Los Angeles. I've been on the Ravens. I think people still don't believe. When Flacco went down, the Ravens were four and five and just lost three straight. 
Since Jackson took over, they're four and one with a win at Atlanta and a tough OT loss at Kansas City. Those are both teams with good or great offenses, just like the Chargers. Pre-Lamar, the Ravens had nobody rush for more than 67 yards in one game. Since Lamar, they've had 300-yard rushers, and only once was it Jackson, and he hasn't thrown a pick in his last three games. The Ravens do not have a bad loss. They lost to the Bengals when they were healthy. They lost an OT to Cleveland. They lost by one point to the New Orleans Saints. Chargers, on the other hand, haven't had a win going away that wasn't against the Arizona Cardinals in quite some time. If Gordon plays, I have to wonder at what capacity and is there a letdown after beating the Chiefs? To me, it's almost inevitable. The line here is saying the Chargers are minus one and a half on a neutral field. Well, this is a neutral field. Chargers averaging 25,000 fans for a home game. Give me Baltimore or give me death. (laughs) Wowza. Hmm. Okay, so Fez, what do you agree with most about what Dave Esler said? I think the home field is certainly concerned as well as the Chargers have played this year, and they have played well at home. I mean, bottom line is every time I tune in and watch them playing at home, it's the fans are rooting for the other team. And again, it's because they're the fans of the other team, right? The Chargers fans say, we're (laughs) mad at you. It's a Saturday night TV game. If you're in L.A., I know a couple people in L.A. already told me, yeah, I'm going to the Chargers game. This is a big game. It's a savvy point. This could be the one game with the Chargers have the best home field advantage. They're just off their biggest win in five years. They get some local support. And how many people are going to travel from Baltimore or other parts when Christmas is here? Coming up. Yeah. And LA fans traditionally fair weather. So if the going's good, why not jump on board in the bad wagon now? We got a new team in LA to cheer for the Chargers, not the Rams. Saturday game and Char- KC had a Thursday. So nine days to prepare, six for Baltimore. And they're flying all, all the way, all the way across. across the country. Even though they're going west, which helps. It's a night game, which we've got the theory. And there's some studies on this that on night games, West Coast teams, doesn't matter where it's played, play better because their body clock in the fourth quarter is going to be 8P and Baltimore's body clock is going to be, you know, 11P. Yeah, and I actually read some studies blindly betting the West Coast teams on those primetime late night games is profitable. And I think back to that Pittsburgh Charger game, you're thinking, what happened to the Steelers? They're up 23-7. Second half, maybe Pittsburgh passed their bedtime. Who knows what happened? It's not about that. It's about are you at your peak performance? Yes. So, Maddie, what, let's start with the case. What did you agree with that Esler said? Your nemesis. Only that Lamar Jackson oh. hasn't thrown three, hasn't thrown any interceptions in his last three games. So you agree with a fact. We got the fact right this time. Because <laughs> that's how I end up with vets oh, all so, the time on this You know, show. Southern, if every word you said or I say is is vetted, we all get things wrong, right? So he got something wrong last week. Like, come on now. We don't want to uh, judge. I agree that Lamar hasn't thrown an interception in his last three games. <laughs> I mean, this dude's ruthless, man. You kind of wonder, was Maddie ever like like one disappointment away from like... Doing some like drastic thing in high school. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of anger built up. I'm not going to address I, I can relate with that. <laughs> Maybe that's why you guys butt heads so much. You're like the Astler West here, Matt, Brad. 
hasn't worked out for Maddie. At least. Ah! <laughs> so when 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 Brad texted, he told me to text you. Bring bring the money. Make sure you have your money. To I pay did, off. and I did. Did that upset you? No. You you. Felt- I am a big advocate. I, I will say this. I get as as offended, if not more. If someone makes a wager with me and doesn't pay, That's a good I'm point. all about make, go ahead and make a bet. It's fun. We could do it, but pay up, man up and pay your bets when you lose them. And, and ask Brad. Uh, first thing I did when I walked in before I even said hello was how much do I owe you? Yeah, that was respectable. That's Thank God you paid off your chunk of the super contest. Cause if you hadn't paid like in week six, I would have said, you know, Maddie, I think your instincts are right. You <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be a part. You shouldn't necessarily have a percentage on this. See, it's, it might pay off for you, baby. <laughs> um, Fez, what? So we've talked some Charger stuff. What would make you think Chargers? Well, I think the Chargers defense is going to make it a lot tougher on Lamar Jackson than it has been. Because the, the running team, the teams that the Chargers have played, or check that, the Ravens have played, not good against the run. Yeah, and, and frankly, not good against the pass either. They just played five Lamar Jackson, really bad defenses, like you said, that don't stop the run. But Cincinnati, Oakland, Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, if you're a rookie quarterback, you couldn't have asked for a better dream team of defenses to be able to move the chains against. Yeah, so Esler on the Ravens. Next game, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Dallas seven and a half. Let's start with Brad. What do you? What's your... Uh, What's your main point on this game? Uh, I'm going to lean with the under. I look for Elliott, the Zeke Elliott, the running back for Dallas to have a good game. Why? You look at Tampa Bay's defense, nine straight games, allowing more than 100 rushing yards, average more than 150 rushing yards per game and 5.3 yards per carry after a subpar effort last week in that shutout loss against the Colts. I look for Zeke to have a healthy day running the football. Fat. Oh, good, man. You know what I think is interesting about this game? Let's all agree that we think that Dallas and Baltimore are probably comparable. Does everyone agree to that? Hmm. Baltimore is better. You think? But how much? Point and a half. Wow, Ooh, really? That's yeah. a lot. Huh. Dallas, Baltimore's, about, got, Baltimore's about, got the best defense in, how about in the NFL the Col- with Chicago. Who, who's, Chicago. Got the, who's got the fifth best defense? Arizona? Well, I said that Dallas did. At <laughs> well, but point. you yeah. said third. But what I'm saying yeah. is Arizona's defense isn't that much less than Baltimore. You know, right? Arizona's a weird statistical anomaly because oh, that's convenient. They're always down, they're always <laughs> yeah. down 27 to 3 so they're good second half. <laughs> well, listen, here's what I know. DVOA agrees with you. Dallas, they've got 21, you've got them 14. So, DVOA actually is much less than you. And Baltimore, uh, you've got them eight, uh, tied for eighth, and, and uh, DVOA is eighth. So, okay. Yeah, I think DVOA isn't reflecting the resurgent defense of Dallas with the, the youth moving on. And also, Cooper's only been there for, what, seven games? Yeah, but that's it. They do weight it to closer. So Yeah, yeah. they do weight it, but they count all the, all the data points. You got I- to. Yeah, you do. I mean, otherwise, we you know we could look at teams and say the Giants in the prior five games before Tennessee were four and one and should have been five and zero. Oh. Sure, and we could have said, oh, but they changed this blocking scheme. You always can have something that makes you think this is the starting point. Well, that's why there's art to this as well as science. And, right? and I was thinking at it straight from a bookmaking perspective of if I put up Dallas versus Baltimore on a neutral. 
because I have to anticipate betting action. What would the line need to be for me to get? And I thought it would be close to a pick And then I said, well, boy, that Baltimore line went all the way up to nine last week. And Tampa didn't play that bad for a passing team in heavy rain um, under bad circumstances there. And they were right in that game the whole time, covering multiple times, tied up. They had some bad luck in the game itself. So I said, look, I'm certainly not going to downgrade them. So I thought maybe if this game's only seven and last week was nine on the road at Baltimore, but the weather is supposed to be better this week. Maybe there's just a smidge of value with Tampa Bay. Yeah. So you, you're really saying you were lucky to get the push in that Baltimore Tampa game. I think Tampa had some bad luck in it. I thought, I, I mean, I don't think Baltimore was up by eight, more than eight, the whole game. Yeah. And Tampa no. had the lead in the first half and looked yeah. to be dominating early. So, to me, though, Fez, the more I dig into it, I think Tampa's home road split is one of the more severe, which I know those Florida teams typically Miami this year. They were on the road last week. I know. That's what I'm saying. In hindsight, I think that was the driver of me being wrong. We didn't play Tampa in the Super Contest, luckily. I will say this. I thought your side of that bet was as soon as I watched it in the first half, I would would have rather have had your side. And it wasn't perfect conditions for Tampa, who likes to throw the ball down the field. You saw a couple of Jameis's passes get affected by by the weather in that game. I I think this is a good spot. I think I think right now Jameis Winston. If you had to rate the quarterbacks in the second half of the season purely on how they've played within their offenses, Jameis Winston is a top ten. He's probably around number ten in the NFL second half of the season. Fez, the, some playmakers were injured for Tampa. What's the status there? Yeah, so they're getting back to Sean Jackson, their number two wide receiver for Tampa. So that is certainly going to help. One issue I do want to address, RJ, and I don't know what to do, frankly, with my home field advantages. Going into the year, the state of Florida and the Dallas Cowboys, those teams, Jacksonville, Tampa, Miami, Dallas, some of the smallest home field advantages historically that we've seen. All of those teams doing so much better this year at home than on the road. I kind of throw my hands up in the air and I'm wondering, eh, give them three for home field instead of two. Because frankly, not a lot of data points, but they're convincing data points year to date. Dallas is another team. They, over like the last seven years prior to this year, best road team in the NFL relative to their home performance. And this year, they're one of the strongest home teams. So Miami, one of the strongest home teams this year, historically, one of the weakest. And part of me thinks we might be getting trapped by these Florida. I think this year there was more hot weather games in September that helped the Florida team. Humidity. And, and, and remember, Miami had those two straight in a row where they, they got to play opponents from the north. So yeah. now, so now that the weather probably doesn't mean you know, it's not going to be hot, so hot in December that it's a problem. It's almost like Denver playing at altitude early in the year skews the whole year's home stats. Yes. Boy, I mean, how much of how much of an edge? I mean, does my Miami have against another Florida team, Jacksonville, right now when they play at home? Next game, Patriots favored by thirteen against the Bills. Fez, you are a Belichick. You call him the genius. So it needs to be said about how much you like Belichick. How worried are you about the Pats? How good are the Pats? I'm really worried. Because they always come on in December. That's the month that this team historically has done the best. They hadn't lost back-to-back games, as Brad Powers let me know, since 2002. Well, I know the Miami loss was kind of fluky, 
very fluky, but now they've lost two games in a row, and it was the game after that loss that they couldn't win against Pittsburgh, and they always win these close games against the Steelers. Brady's going to turn, what, he's 41, he's going to turn 42 for his next birthday, and the eye test says, wow, Brady's making some mistakes, even some mental mistakes. No, I'm not saying he's got Alzheimer's or anything, but something is not (laughs) right with Brady. Thanks for clearing that up, Fez. He forgets to call one. He thinks he has one time out and you're wondering about his, like maybe he should get his driver's license taken away. <laughs> Jeez, that's strong. Matty, what, what's your take on the Pats? Look, the, the, we all, I've, I heard it from a lot of talking heads and a lot of experts about six weeks ago, how, whoa, the Patriots are finally going to get everybody back and Gronk and Sony Michelle's going to be in there. Oh, and I love Sony Michelle. <laughs> uh, and wait till they're all healthy and back. That offense is going to be explosive. But what? They've scored 30 points or more once in their last five games. And everyone's talking about, oh, they're going to do it because they're all, they've been healthy. More than 30 points once for the New England Patriots last five games. Something's wrong there. And it appears that it's the Tom Brady finally father time catching up with them. And Gronk, we've all seen him try to play defense out there. But bottom line is even on offense, he really does not look like he's moving well at all. No, but he still is one of the what? When they, they, I think the problem with Gronk is they won't throw to him because of the injury risk every time they do. But when they do, he's still one of the three or four best tight ends in the football. Yeah, and great big target in the red zone, obviously. To me, the thing about New England is I think their home road splits. And this happens sometimes as a, as a team. Go ahead, Brad. You want to jump in with that? No, go ahead. No, go you ahead. You can explain it. No, I mean, one thing, New England is still New England, at least at home. You look at the what the, their performance so far, 6-0, and all wins against playoff caliber teams, five covers, and a lot of dominant wins. At least they're still New England at home so far this season. The game that, and listen, I think I would honestly say this. Our luck, if we look at every coin flip in the Super Contest, we're a, a game or two below the 500. Agree. I mean, so it's kind of weird to be in this spot to win this thing and not have been even lucky. Not even a little lucky when you look at it net-net. But one game we did get lucky in was the Patriots covering against the Jets. Remember a couple of weeks ago. I thought that was, it was rare for us to lay the lumber there, though we were getting line value nine and a half, I remember. And it closed, what, 13 that game, Fest? Yes. But I thought it was a home run spot, a home run spot. Now, I know we debated, oh, Jets had covered four or five, five, I think, now in a row prior to this game. And then we went back, though, to 2000. It was like, actually, the Pats have done, you know, well there. And we can debate all that. But it was off a loss, off a blowout loss. And they had a buy. I thought this is the statement game. The fact they didn't really make a statement in that game, and now looking at Minnesota in hindsight on the road, yeah, twenty four ten at home. Minnesota that was a nice. Home, way. That was a. Yeah. What I mean, Minnesota. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Minnesota on the road. I mean, being an okay, not yeah. a great team, especially with DeFilippo at the time. Because if you're one dimensional, Belichick will stop you. And they wore Minnesota was one dimensional with DeFilippo. To- totally shut down Thielen and they tried to throw to him. And yeah. It was a disaster. But that was an impressive. Yeah, listen, you beat Minnesota handedly. That's a nice win. What's their nice win other than that? I mean, yeah. look at the schedule. Even like a blowout against a crappy team. Cause I'm scared of a statement here. 
And even the Kansas City win was fueled by, if you recall, Brady. But that's, that, that Kansas City's been like eight, eight, eight games. And even in that game, Brady was getting sacked, and that was the play with the linebacker let him go, didn't want to get flagged. And Brady, of all people, you know, was able to create something with his legs. If you look at Brady in week, uh, post-week 12, you know, the last quarter of the season, it's been like four or five years he's gotten worse and worse later, or not worse or worse, but he's gone down later in the season. The only exception was when they won the Super Bowl, but he was suspended the first, first four, four games. Right, so right. it was it, like game 16 was game 12 for him. Mm-hmm. So you got to wonder, and Drew Brees is probably the same conversation. Is this more about Brady playing his 15th game and how different he is than he was 10 games ago? Bills, Josh Allen, where, where do we think of him right now? He ran like crazy prior to the Lions. They shut him down. Yeah, we're we're surprised at nine carries, sixteen yards against the Lions, missing both the, the, the really their top three running backs. So we can put a little bit of an asterisk on that. We're all surprised by Josh Allen. The book on him was very inaccurate when he was at Wyoming. We thought he would really struggle, and he and Mayfield have absolutely. You can make the case, you know, that Josh Allen's the second best uh, quarterback of the rookie class right now. Is that even a debate? Well, you know, I, think I mean, I can be Lamar. Yeah, Darnold. And yeah, it's yeah last week was his first. Lamar Jackson's playing quite well, too. I know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, it seems like every running quarterback works for, I mean, how's his passing? Well, we're not evaluating how he's going to do two years from now, just right now. All right. Do we look, last question. Do we look at the Bills and say they were so banged up at running back that they became one dimensional? And actually, Stafford played a good game. He had the second best QBR last week behind actually number one was uh, the Jets quarterback, Darnold, best QBR. Do we say the bill, the, the Bills didn't cover, but considering the running back situation, do we give them like a wow, they won the game? And it's a sign of how good the Bills, bills are better than we think. Brad, I see you none. Yeah, I mean, well, you look at how these two teams have trended since the end of October. Keep in mind, New England was laying 14 at Buffalo at the end of October, now laying 12 and a half at home. I think the trend line hasn't just been one game for Buffalo. They've been trending up the last five games. They had a game, a uh, couple of losses, uh, one being against the Dolphins, where they were plus like 200 yards. So uh, I think even ba- Buffalo is better than the record indicates right now. You know, we do need to address the first time these two teams played because, as Brad mentioned, 14 point under dog the bills played this team new england even 12 close to even it's yeah i don't i don't think even's the right yeah it's the wrong word they they were competitive they were down the bills were down six to twelve it was a fluky cover at the end yes a misleading uh, cover yeah next game next game big line move on this one panthers falcons falcons on the road favored by three and a half fez we talked about this one straight out of vegas big move from an injured Cam Newton. Yeah, big time. When Yesterday when we were talking about this game, we were talking about an injured Cam Newton and Carolina being minus two and a half against Atlanta. Well, now Cam Newton is out and Heineke takes over. And now Blink and Carolina, six-point line move in 24 hours. Carolina is catching plus three and a half. That's a big adjustment considering Cam Newton was being so ineffective at quarterback. So you're saying a healthy Cam... To the backup, maybe this is right when you add in the dream crusher part too, but Cam wasn't healthy. Correct. I think certainly you could make the case a healthy Cam's worth six and a half points versus Heineke, but Cam wasn't close to healthy. You know, I have an interesting 
thought on this game, and I don't 100% know the answer, but I'm starting to think of the psychology of it. So in one case here, we have a team that had maybe the most disappointing season of all in the Atlanta Falcons, but we know their head coach is safe. We know they're going to make some coordinator changes, but their head coach has already been assured he's safe. It seems pretty standard that he will be. On the other side of the ball, Riverboat Ron I don't know that they're having you know the most disappointing season, but they've lost six straight now. He's squarely on the hot seat. Is it better motivationally for the coach on the hot seat, who, by the way, the players like Riverboat Ron, the players do like him. So is it better for the team that's going to rally for the coach on the hot seat, Riverboat Ron? Or do we, or, or on the other side, Atlanta, they know their coach is safe. They have a veteran quarterback in Matt Ryan who's, who's overpriced, a veteran receiver in Julio Jones. Do those guys just want to cruise, get this over with? Because they've played like it outside of last week. I, I, I'm just wondering if there's any motivational edge with the coaching situation. And if, to me, I think with Rivera, a hot seat is probably too generous. I think I would make a major bat open invite that Rivera's gone. I, I would bet regardless. Uh, yeah, I would say from today, if you bet me even money, Rivera's not the coach next year. And to be candid, I'd probably lay up to 300. I was going to say I wouldn't do it at even money. I think he's a favorite to go for sure. So and, and so to me, and and this is more what Lombardi's been saying, which is the new ownership has come in, and we know you if you buy if you spend a billion plus dollars on a team, you're gonna want your guy in there. Now, if he wins, the guy that's not your guy, hey, you just kind of roll with it. It's a good problem, but he's not winning, and it, and 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 it strikes me that there's a psychological or or maybe a mindset difference. Riverboat Ron's a gut guy. You know, when he thinks about batting, he says things like, All my bets were safe. There just wouldn't be any juice. I mean, he likes the, yeah, he's the Riverboat Ron. The guy that bought Carolina is a hedge fund guy. As we know, the hedge fund guys are math, math, math. It just feels like there's a mindset, an ethos disconnect. So to me, the question is, if Riverboat Ron's luck has run out... (laughs) (laughs) is is that good or bad for carolina because on one hand you could say substitute teacher spitball time or you could say "Uh oh we better be playing to look good on tape for next year's coach which one is it and i don't know the answer to that question for this one because i also thought that they might play for him because the players do like him he's he's one of those guys that from Mm. a from a consensus standpoint, we have heard that, you know, kind of like Mike Tomlin, who gets a bad rap from the analytics guys, but he's a player's coach. Riverboat runs the same thing. He's anti-analytics, but the players tend to gravitate toward him. He likes, they like him, they respect him, and they play for him. You know, I do have a concern about the energy level of Carolina. Let's face it, they were still in the playoff hunt. Monday night football and they left it all out on the field. They really played with and that maximum came with more effort. energy. Oh. Defense got them three points on the extra point. And now, they, now a short week and now a short week. And, and really that defense tried for 60 minutes. They even got the turnover. But when Atlanta have to go. There's and any Atlanta, motivation the other way. But Atlanta got to cruise last week. So they're on cruise control. So it's in terms of just a pure energy exerted last week, Carolina maximum Atlanta minimum. Brad, any closing thoughts? Nope. Next game, Dolphins, Jags, line is four. 
Brad, you actually like Miami here. Yeah, I do like the Dolphins here. Uh, it's a team that's won nine straight games at home when Tannehill is your starting quarterback when he's behind uh, under center. Jacksonville, last 10 games, one and nine. The outlier being the Indianapolis game when they got a one-game bump with Kessler, a quarterback, at least from a defensive effort in that one. Other than that, I mean, this arguably has been the worst team in the NFL the last 10 weeks, failing to cover the spread by nine points per game. I think the key to the value here is a lot of these playoff teams that have need this week, teams like the Titans, Colts, Eagles, Vikings, you're paying a premium if you want to bet these teams. I don't see it here. Why? Because look what happened with the Dolphins last week. They got killed by the Vikings. So this is the one team that has playoff need, needs to win out to have a shot at the playoffs. You're not paying a premium at minus four at home. Give me the Dolphins. I like them here. So, Fez, we've been talking about this game. You you like a lot of things about the Jags. Yeah, and really, I don't like a lot of things about the Dolphins. Yeah. Because the Dolphins, let's take a look at their season to date. I could make the case they've been one of the luckiest teams that we've seen Every one of their wins has been by eight or fewer points. All but one of their losses has been by 10 or more points. Bottom line is this is a Dolphin team that's seven and seven contending still for a playoff spot. But if they had had a neutral amount of luck in these close games, this team would have been sitting right now at uh, four games below 500. Oh, Fez, coming strong, coming strong. <laughs> All right, so that was an impromptu crossfire, I guess. Maddie, what's your th- any anything missed on this game? No, this is a really hard game for me to figure out. What do you think the coaching? Because in a way, you got a coach that was uh, a good half of football away from the Super Bowl. Do you fire him? I mean, do you think he's on he's on the hot seat, the Jags coach? I don't know that he is yet, um, but I certainly think they need to find some stability at the quarterback situation because you can make a case that their quarterback situation right now is one of the three or four worst in all of football. Yeah, I mean, Kessler's been horrendous. I'm trying to think, is there anyone with the worst quarterback situation? Arizona's not very good either. Oh, Rosen you can know you got a, yeah, but you got a clear-cut path with sure. Rosen. Sure, okay, yeah, that's true. At least you know what you're doing. You're going to fail or live, you know, succeed or fail with Rosen at least one more year. All right, next game. We got a bet down. Colts, Giants, Colts starting to get a lot of love, favored by nine and a half. Fez, make the case for the Colts. I think the case for the Colts would be Andrew Luck's been good in December, similar to um, how Brady and Belichick have done. Luck, 15 and 6 straight up, 12 and 7 against the spread. In December, he plays his best football. And now the New York Giants with Beckham questionable with a quad. Giants, I think, had their nice run winning four out of five. I saw. A lot of quit, frankly, in the Giants last week, getting shut out 0-17. to 17, I would look only towards the Colts. You know, actually, Brad, you had a fifth pick to make, and I think at the last minute, you ended up making the pick here on... The Colts. Okay. The yeah, Colts. I- I'll lay it here. We talk about... Pro- so this is, this is a like. Like on the Colts. All right. So I'm anxious to see who wants to fade me here. Pro Bowl selections just the, were announced this week. We talk about snubs and possible motivation. Forget Andrew Luck, who probably should be on the Pro Bowl. You're talking about Andrew Luck being the by far runaway winner of the comeback player of the year. Here's the biggest snub, at least as far as what I see. And you're going to say, who in the hell is this? Darius Leonard. 
He's a rookie out of South Carolina State. He's a linebacker for the Colts. He leads the NFL in tackles, 146 this year. But why didn't he make the Pro Bowl? Because he's a rookie out of South Carolina State. He's got 22 more tackles than Luke Keekley for Pete's sake. And of all the 22 players that have 100 or more tackles, he's got the most sacks, too. He's got seven sacks. So I think you're going to get a ramped-up effort out of the leader on defense for the Colts. And you also get maybe a little bit of motivated Andrew Luck on the other side of the ball. Give me the Colts. You know something, Brad? I, I, and I did that, that handicap. And, and, uh, you know, obviously not before the show. That was during you guys talking. But what I'm saying is, I'm saying the opposite. I felt like that made sense for normal talk radio. Uh oh. But the idea, what, the whole team's going to rise up for this guy? I don't know. Maddie, I saw you shaking your head. Oh. <laughs> He, he's not even going to say words. He's going the other way. Make the case. Look, I agree with what Brad started his argument off with, which was there's a bunch of teams this week that are in playoff contention that are a little too pricey, and I think it starts here with the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of love coming off that win at Houston, and then and then the performance last week uh, looking very strong. All of a sudden, I think we need to start look, against the Dallas Cowboys. I think, look, the Giants had a bad week, but before that, we were talking about how well the New York football Giants had played for five straight weeks. They absolutely blew the doors off the Washington Redskins without Odell Beckham Jr. And look, last week, they had some unlucky circumstances happen, and they did seem to quit. But, you know, they had three receivers hurt, Odell Beckham Jr. and both Shepherds, Russell and Sterling Shepard. At least one of the two Shepherds should be back this week. Odell, a possibility to see the football field still Sunday. I think the Giants are going to be a little bit more healthy. And one thing we do know about the New York football Giants is they've been road warriors this season. They've been a covering machine on the road. I think the Colts are expensive. And I'm going to take the big points with the New York football Giants. Hmm. So, Fez, we got more questions on Twitter. It was, why didn't team pregame take the Colts? You guys made such a case for the Colts. And I just kept saying, I only replied, very deadpan, Fez. Fez. You want to explain? T.Y. Hilton. We weren't sure whether T.Y. Hilton was going to play, and I have him worth, in my crazy valuation, 17.5 over a point (laughs) a game. That's it. So instead of 23 nothing, 22 nothing. (laughs) 21 and a half. (laughs) Oh, Fez. Oh, (laughs) Fez. There was like 10 people that said, was it, T- was it like F and T.Y. It's all right. We got 10 games left. The, the, the funny thing was he didn't even consider, like we were, t- we talked like for a half hour Saturday morning about the bill. What about the Colts? He goes, no, no, no. T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> it was like, like we couldn't even talk about it. We couldn't even talk about it. <laughs> oh lord but i did t- i called him last night for a little prep pep talk i said fast think about how scared if there's anyone in the world that this guy ahead of us the one guy ahead of us doesn't want behind him is the only two-time winner think about it forget the vague forget rj 
He's got Fezzik stalking him for his third. Well, he doesn't anymore. It's a new guy now in front of us. But this guy, I'm saying, he's got yeah. he's got to be scared. Well, Fez will have to go after him. I put the voodoo on uh, Orchester <laughs> Prep last night, Ryan, and last week. Uh, someone else has to go after this. I guy. have a long track record when it comes. So down that's to- an interesting question. When you won your first, were you leading entering the last week? I had a small lead the first one. And the, were you leading with two weeks to go? I don't recall. All right. And how about the second one? Second, how time about I, the second one? I was, <laughs> the second one, I was in, I believe, second place. I was not in first. I was slightly Who was behind. First? That was you, yeah. Maddie. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans minus oh. four that pushed. Yeah, if they would have kicked the field goal, I win. They went for it on fourth. Trailing down. the entire game. Oh. The Titans get the, they, they were more concerned with getting their running back the rushing record than doing anything else. And somehow they managed to it get took a four me point. 18 win. months to be able to hear the word fez to get over that game (laughs) (laughs) he's like mr t watching tv watching them interview rocky shaking his head training in the gym and anger well listen you know what it probably was if you were if you were listening to any of the 80 watt stations on am radio in vegas that he was calling in obsessively to to build his brand at that point you would have heard fez fezzik a lot Hey, John Kelly, I'll bet you a million dollars. Do you split eights and blackjack? You know, like whatever. He would just keep texting stuff, hoping he would get on air. True or false? True. Dirtiest, <laughs> dirtiest move in the game. You split eights, you put the money up, they thump you with the five, and you, without blinking, you look at them and say, I was doubling down. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> And you know the thing is, if Fez wins, it's still I'm already a multi millionaire. But you still want more, don't you? But Fez, a lot of people on Twitter, you didn't hear this part, Maddie, I don't think. Fez went down to Ken Thompson's radio show, just knocks off at what was it, 10 team parlay? 17. 17. Oh, no, I heard about it. Yeah. So he won the 10 dimes just like it had steak sauce on it. It really did have steak sauce on it. <laughs> I mean, dropped it on the floor. The guy in the booth next said, sir, you dropped something over. <laughs> and he, because like a lot of those picks were, a core, or two of them were more in my correlation. Yeah, right? the Baltimore and the under, and then I think the Raiders and the under. So he put up an extra thousand. So our Super Bowl party. Our Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, so that was on the, I was on the show when we did it. I, yeah, I was. Well, I mean, we do that. Straight out of it. I'm not sure what show. Yeah. Okay. So guys, for those that weren't listening last week, if you listen to the pod, follow me on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. We will send a private link when we win this thing. And it's a $26,000. You know what, Fez? We'll have to pick one food that you love. We don't even have to. Does anything jump out? Crab legs. Okay. So here's the thing. If we win this thing, we will have a in the corner of the venue, Fezzik's or crab crab legs from Fez. The, the big thou- ones. We'll spend we'll pre-split open. We'll chill. spend the whole thousand just on crab legs, and it will be Fez. He'll sit over there holding court. Everyone like kissing his hand when they get their crab leg. <laughs> Velvet rope, warm drawn butter. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> gotta love it. All right, next game. Ooh, Eagles two and a half at home over the Texans, and we got Mister Dave Esler coming in. I like the Eagles, and I might be in the minority, and it's not because of what they did to the Rams. It's how they did it. They forced turnovers, and more importantly, they finally got Alshon Jeffrey the ball. 
And speaking of how that Houston win at New York was deceiving. Jets sacked Watson six times and had a lead midway through the fourth quarter. And DeAndre Hopkins had all but 100 yards of the Texans' total offense. I think the Texans have overachieved, especially lately. Since their bye, they've played three of five at home. Their two road games at Washington and at the Jets. In other words, nothing hostile until now. On the other hand, the Eagles in the last six games have played Dallas twice, the Saints, and of course the Rams. I'm not going to downgrade the Eagles that much without Wentz. He'd been sacked 31 times, fumbled nine times. Bowles has zero pressure, and he's been here before. The preseason line here was Eagles minus five and a half. Now I can get him just to win the game. They won't beat anyone rushing, especially Houston's number one rush defense, but they'll force Houston into mistakes that the Jets couldn't capitalize on. I like the Eagles, and I will love the Eagles if Lamar Miller is out. Hmm. What's our Lamar Miller stats? It's questionable right now. I think he's actually going to play, but he's still officially listed as questionable. You know, we just disagree with Dave pretty much on the turnover, so we don't have to get into that. I'm a believer they're mostly random, right? Yeah. So if a defense gets a couple turnovers, it's not like, here we go. And Deshaun Watson hasn't been a turnover machine all year. But here's <laughs> – you know what's funny is Dave – Esler's sitting here. He was only here for one pod, and he's up 600. So he he's just sitting in the standings <laughs> taunting you. He reminds me of that guy. He comes up to the poker table, and you're playing 2-5, <laughs> and he comes up with 80 bucks. And for some reason, because he knows the girl that runs, you know, she's running the floor that day. He gets to sit down. He jams it in on a three-way, hits, picks it up, and then heads to the freaking house. And never comes back again. Well, that hits home, Maddie. Hey, uh, Mackie. Yeah. When you say, uh, when Maddie said he jams at home in a three way, <laughs> pull that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, take all that. <laughs> no, when I say pull it, I mean pull it for future use. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's short staff specialists that do exactly that. That go from table to table to table to table to table. But how funny is it that we're looking at the standings right now and it says Dave Esther's up 600 on the season and Holt's up 520. <laughs> After all the strutting he did. <laughs> you might have to pay Dave. You might have to pay his plane ticket to get back out here for another round. <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to be asking me next year if I could be in the show, and I'm going to be like, oh, I'm so busy. You're going to have to entice me by getting Esther on. <laughs> like Esther promises yeah. to show up for four shows. I got to be honest with you. The thing Dave said that makes me like the other side is in the preseason, the line was five and a half. So Houston is a couple, whatever, overrated, underrated. Where's Houston at fest compared to where you had him? Power ratings wise to start the season. Yeah, so Houston was supposed to win eight and a half games and beginning of the year I had them I was high on Houston, so I had them just answer the question, please. I'm looking it up. Two and I had them two and a half points better than an average team. And where do you have them now? Two and a half points better than an average team. Hold the F on. You're saying you haven't upgraded the Texans. No. They're the number two seed. Because I was ahead of the curve. I had No, the you Texans. weren't ahead of any freaking curve. You just got them too low now. That's insane. The Texans aren't upgraded the whole year. Correct. Does that? <laughs> yeah, keep saying it doesn't make it true. Does that make any sense to you, Matt? No. <laughs> 
And you know what I like about Houston a lot too, and we're seeing it across the board here amongst teams is teams that can run the football this time of year have success. Who has the fifth highest rush play percentage in the National Football League? The Houston Texans. I think that's a big part of their success. It's part of the reason that Deshaun Watson doesn't turn the football over because he doesn't have to force the football downfield to Demarius Thomas and, and DeAndre Hopkins. He can do it off play action. And he can run himself now that he's that's healthier. Right. Fez, make the case the Texans are no better than they were the first game of the year. Well, their season win number was eight and a half. Was I, it eight and a half or nine and a half? It's eight and a half. Okay. And you I, said nine and a half early. And they okay, I misspoke. It was eight and a half. I was high on them. I said high variance. I was a little worried about Watson's health, but I said this is a dark horse type of team that you could even bet in the futures. I thought that they were a solid nine win team, and I'll say even and how with, many wins do they have? They have ten wins right now, RJ. And but they have two games left. They do, but I will predict that next year, what's Houston's their power range isn't, isn't going to change now versus next year. What's their season win number going to be next year? I'll make the case it'll be nine. Nine. So that over. means they're better. Eight and a half versus nine. Well, that was what the Vegas said was eight and a half for Houston. I thought they were a nine win team in my power rating. So that's, I was, like I said, I was ahead of the curve with Houston. Somehow he's making this where he's bragging. And you were busting my balls when they're 0-3. And I kept telling you, RJ, this is an above average team. And you're like, no, this team is way overrated. Well, I thought they were coming in the year. But, I mean, they've proven, first off, you said it, Deshaun Watson a lot of uncertainty about him being healthy the whole year. The fact he has been, he's gotten healthier. I would have certainly liked, if you would have told me a hundred percent, this is Watson's health. I would have liked the over. I just thought the odds of him being healthy this whole year were 60% at best. Yeah, I agree. So often you see that ACL injury and you're not sure whether or not that that quarterback's really going to make a comeback all year long. And certainly he has been very mobile. Okay, uh, Eagles, Texans, any closing thoughts? Just I'm surprised that Dave wants to upgrade Philly based upon their solid strength of schedule with their two games against the Cowboys and their game against New Orleans. That might well make sense, except for how poorly they played in those three games. I mean, the thing about Wentz is he's got the biggest range of performance. I mean, like more than half his games since... Oh, I'm sorry. Check that. Foles. More than half of Foles' games since Wentz got hurt last year were well, well below average for NFL quarterbacks. He's just had his two, or let's make the case that of his four biggest games, the three playoff games last year in the Rams game, he had three really good games. So we could say he's clutch or he's just gotten lucky in front of the world. And one of the things that stood out to me last week, even more than the Philadelphia side of that performance was, boy... Todd Gurley doesn't look right on the football field. And we've been saying it maybe for a couple of weeks that he's not a hundred percent. And he was gimpy a bunch of times getting up. And, uh, and again, Cooper cup, everybody says, what is a Cooper cup? And what does he mean to an offense? Whatever he's worth to that offense, the passing game really hasn't been the same. You know, he, it feels like he's made a difference. Next game Lions, Vikings, Vikings favored by five and a half. Brad, you like Minnesota. I do like Minnesota here, and I know they're a little expensive, but with that being said, 
you look at the changes they made at OC, I think there's just better chemistry in that locker room with a guy that's been on staff since 2006, finally getting his opportunity to call plays. And what did you see when he was calling plays? You saw the Vikings focus on the run and really unpredictable. In the first quarter, the Vikings had 202 total yards. That's the most out of any team in the first quarter in any game so far this season. And I'm a little bit worried for Matthew Stafford here about his health. This is a guy that's already banged up. In the previous meeting, got sacked 10 times against the Vikings. And last week, the Vikings pass rush again, pretty much unstoppable, had nine sacks against the Dolphins. I'll take the Vikings here, minus the five and a half. Would you lay minus six? No. <laughs> no. I'm just asking. So <laughs> I have a proposition for you. Uh, Lions, man, you have had more takes on the Lions the last two years than probably any team. So you must feel like you have a feel. What are you feeling now? I feel this is what I feel, and it started to hit me halfway through the season, and because I and I kept repeating it, so I don't want to go too deep into it now. But again, the top highest, the top six highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, none of them lead a division, and when you pay one of those guys that kind of money, you're unable to build a successful roster around them in today's current salary cap situation. What I think the Detroit Lions are doing is they're trying to rebuild this. I mean, that's why they're trading Golden Tate. Marvin Jones got hurt. You know, they put Carry on Johnson on the, on the IR. This is a team that feels like it's doing a rebuild, but the one place where a new head coach, I think, has found success and has a unit that's playing hard and performing better than maybe we've seen the last two or three years is the Detroit Lions defensive line and linebacking core is actually playing very competitive football the last six games. Fez, number one factor in this game. Number one factor is that the Vikings have gone from a pass-oriented offense to a run-oriented offense. One game. Overnight, one game is irrelevant. It's all about the new OC. Zimmer fired the old OC, Filippo, because he was throwing the ball too much. And Zimmer said, I want to run the ball. So they play one game against Miami. They crush Miami by running the ball. The, ball, the score is 21-17, the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah, Miami got a... a Two freakish touchdowns, one on defense. It, it was a, a, a complete pummeling on the ground. I expect that. I'm going to keep it simple. I am confident Minnesota will do the same thing and run the ball more than they throw the ball. So I made two bets. I played under 43 and a half clock running as they run the ball. And I'm all, I also am going to play Cook over 75 rush yards. I think they will feed him again in this game. What do you think about Minnesota minus six? I like the under in this game. Okay. What was the the OC from the Vikings? What was his name? The Gafar? De De Filippo. Doctor Lakshmanan. <laughs> the first name goes as follows: L A K S H M A N A N, and the last name is S A T S and Thomas H Y A V A G I S W A R A N. It was that easy, fam. <laughs> so two bonus Wikipedia was way way better. That was the best one of the season. We got that drop, baby, ready oh, to go. Was, no okay. doubt. <laughs> so you gave two bonus props. You repeat those? Yeah, we're going under the 43 and a half and prop bet the Minnesota Vikings running back cook to go over 75 rush yards. It's good up to over 80. All right. That's everybody about. loves the Vikings. No one will lay extra half a point. <laughs> <laughs> the big always wants an edge. One and only one commercial break. 
we all put off doing things we know we need to do. I mean, we know we need to organize the garage or we through our closets. I don't personally, I have people for that, but something just gets in the way. Funny how (laughs) home security can be like that. You know, it's a good idea, but there's always something holding you back. Maybe it's the idea of paying a middleman or scheduling a six hour installation window. Who has time for that? Well, fellow procrastinators of home protection, Simply Safe Home Security has gotten rid of all the reasons not to get home security because they believe nothing should come between you and protecting your home and your family and everything that matters most to you. No contracts, no markups, no complicated installation. It's professional grade home security that's engineered to do one thing quickly and brilliantly protect you and yours. So yes, you could add this to your epic to-do list or you could get started right now. Just go to simplysafe.com slash dream. No time like the present. You know, that is a compelling value prop. It's like we know security. I mean, you think about it with the security side. It's both the practical side. It decreases the chance of something bad happening. And it's the peace of mind. Now, on the other side, it's, oh, how much does it cost? Well, here, not much. And the other side is, oh, it's a hassle. Simply Safe is blown up because it's not the hassle that typical home security systems are. And if you're even tempted, it helps out the pod. You know, we don't ask you for much. SimplySafe.com slash dream, D-R-E-A-M, SimplySafe.com slash dream. Speaking of asking you, guys, spread the word, please. Obviously, we're doing this one losing week, the whole effing season. We're doing it in front of the world. We're doing it for you. Eh, we got a little vested interest in these winners too. But listen, if you have any sense of karma, paying it forward, if anything, remember, there's a practical side to spreading the word. And how can you spread it? Tweet out, you know, just retweet my tweet about the, the pod itself. Or... Tell a friend by text, email, tell them just search RJ Bell on their favorite pod player. But the more listens we get, literally the more value we can get for our $25,000 party. Cause I'll bring in the listening and say, look at this. This is what we can get. This kind of exposure for your brand casino XYZ. So pay it forward. Also motivate us to spend as much time on the dream preview next year. And Make the party better. Do us a favor. Obviously, this is history here. The chance to win this thing in front of everyone with you guys helping. Spread the word on the Dream Pod. I would much personally appreciate it. You're listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Hey, now, we got Crossfire coming up. Maybe a bonus total best bet from Fez. 
Let's look at the rest of the games. Give us a give us your favorite total for the rest of the games when we get to it. Next, Jets, Packers. You know, I don't want to dig too deep on this one because there's real questions uh, taping here at the pregame.com offices in uh, on Wednesday evening. Aaron Rodgers, right? A real chance they're going to sit him. They sat the running back, put him on IR. I think Jones, is that the name if I remember? Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's just talk about the Jets' motivation. Who's got a feeling of the Jets' motivation here? Anyone? I think it has to be a little bit better. I mean, you're playing for the young quarterback. He's your glimpse into the future. I think if nothing else, their motivation at home this time of year, you're always have better motivation at home and you always have better motivation when you could see some positive light in the future. I think they see a little bit of that with Sam Darnold. And I think on the other side, it's that classic Cinderella left the ball situation with the Green Bay Packers. Fez, what are you seeing as the market line right now? Uh, two point. Eight five, so not a, Green Bay's laying three, but you can get Green Bay minus three, minus one hundred. And am I correct or not that um, so in the Super Contest it's two and a half? Yes. So has Aaron Rodgers announced he's going to play? Yes. Yes. Oh, he yes. did announce, yes. it. but he has a yes. groin injury, so he he said he's going to play. So that mm. that's usually a powerful statement. If Aaron Rodgers says he's going to play, you have to imagine he's going to probably play. But what is the motivation of the rest of the football team at this point? They have to have some level of deflation. I got to be honest with you. I'm shocked he's playing because if he's playing, I think he's going to play really hard because you can make the case if he sits, hey, I was hurt. It's a message. I was hurt the whole year. It's kind of a way to do something now that excuses the prior year, you know, the whole season in a way, right? Because he was hurt. In that Bears game, if I remember, right? That's where he really got banged up to start. Yeah, came in on one leg. So, and you could have said he was one and one and lost a tough game to the Bears without post McCarthy, lost a tough game to the Bears on the road, but it was a close one. He could have said, and after a win, he could have said, see, we were better without McCarthy. Now they come lose this game and they lose next week. Boy, that whole McCarthy story goes out the window, doesn't it? Oh, quickly. The stakes seem really high. And what's he going to win? I mean, I give the guy credit in a way. It doesn't make a lot of metagame sense. Huh. Uh, Brad, what's your number one factor in this game? Well, I mean, obviously, it's a, the Rodgers situation. Uh, I thought, at least when the line was picked earlier this morning, I thought that was leaning more towards Rodgers not playing, which made more sense, at least at that time. Obviously, the Packers, uh, maybe the motivation is just to win a road game, something they haven't done in a long time. They're 0-9 on the road, only covered one of those. Uh, I just don't see a motivation unless, like RJ was just saying, Rodgers, I I think the I'm fact that Rodgers is playing when he has an answer, when he has an excuse not to. I agree with that. In a way, is telling the team, take this game seriously. And look, as of right now, it's not like anyone completely disagrees with that. Since the Rodgers said he was going to play, play, that line is shot one way. Hmm. From pick to three, basically. Well, Dave Essler has some ideas. I like the Jets over the Packers. Look at the Jets since they're by. They lost to New England in a game that was closer than the score indicated. They lost at Tennessee by just four, beat the Bills, and then just lost to Houston in a game that they had a fourth-quarter lead. Love what their defense is doing. Held the Texans to one for nine on third down, sacked Watson six times. In the last three games, they're third in the league in defensive third-down stops. I look at the Packers injury report. 
Jason Spriggs is questionable with a concussion. Brian Beluga is questionable. There's your two starting tackles. Randall Cobbs in concussion protocol. Leading rusher Aaron Jones just went on IR. Starting defensive end Kenny Clark and his six sacks, also questionable. And we know Rodgers isn't 100%. Donald threw for 250 yards, no picks, against a very good Houston defense. He should fare well against the Packers, who are 0-7 on the road, and they're about to be 0-8 on the road. I love the Jets. Next game, Browns 8.5 over the Bengals. Fez, what's the number one factor in this one? Well, how many Bengals are there left right now on offense, RJ? Obviously, Dalton's gone. Driscoll's filling in nicely, but um, tight end Eifert went out in October. A.J. Green. Guys, you can't believe this is the content we want. You're telling us about Eifert's been out like seven weeks. Well, everybody's out. A.J. Green's out now. The number two wide receiver for the Bengals, Boyd, is out as well. This Bengal team is absolutely decimated in epic proportions. So what happened happened in the game where they took some serious money in that Oakland game? That closed what? 325, right? Yeah, what happened was that the Raiders had cluster injuries on the O-line right before the game started. But the Jets, but the Cincy put up a lot of points. That, uh, the o, Raiders O-line didn't lead them to score. The, the, the Bengals, what was that final score? 24 to 10? Yeah. 30 to 16. 30 to 16. It was 23 to 30 is a lot of points. Yeah, I'm saying it was 23 to 16, five minutes to play, and the Bengals ran a kickoff back 80 yards to get into the red zone and punched in a touchdown at the end. That sounds like what happens in games. They scored. Thir- so the choice was they could have scored 27, 30, or 24. That's still a pretty decent score. Yeah, but it was against the Raiders with a 10 a.m. start time. There was, uh, I think it was a one-up for the Bengals. What I, does one-up mean? I, I don't think the Bengals are going to have another good offensive performance or anything close to a decent offensive performance in the last two years. I, I totally get the one-up phrase, by the way. I don't. What does it mean? As soon as he said it, this time of year, bad teams at home in a favorable situation play that one up game a lot of times. You'll have three games left in a season. Here's our one chance. We're at home. Uh, we actually have a game we can win, and we get up for it. I, I it made sense to me. Okay, so and no, I had never heard that phrase. I under. I mean, the concept makes sense. So the fact they won the game does that make them want to keep their momentum? Look, they may want to keep some momentum, but now they're going on the road against the Cleveland team who's sick of being kicked around by the Cincinnati Bengals. I actually think this is a very unfavorable spot for Cincinnati. And Cleveland, when they played the first game, normally when when Team A crushes Team B, I'm like, I want to bet on Team B on the rematch, bet on the Bengals because Cleveland killed them. But what I saw when they played that first game, Cleveland led that game 28 to nothing. That's the game that Dalton got injured for the rest of the year. Cleveland looked like they were hell-bent to beat the Bengals and to beat you, Jackson. And I think with the motivation to finish with a winning year, the Browns, and to beat the Bengals again, I think Cleveland brings maximum motivation. Brad, thoughts? Yeah, I agree with, and despite the fact the Browns have a less than 1% chance of making the playoffs, I do expect them to be max motivated. But in my opinion, it's price in the line here. Are you kidding me? The Browns are laying more than a touchdown. In fact, the current line has the Browns in their largest favorite role since 2010. I can't lay it here with the Browns. You're not used to laying this kind of number pass for me. You know what's funny? I can remember it was we Derek Anderson was the quarterback for the Browns. It was 2010. It was week one. And the Browns were hosting the Bengals and the line was six. And I played it in the super contest and lost that game. <laughs> Is that the game, Brad? Nah, look it up. I, I will look it up. 
If, if it's true, this is a good pull. Fez, what does your pure power rating say? So I have the Cleveland Browns looking it up right now, RJ. One point better than an average team. Yes, better. And the Cincinnati Bengals, six points worse. So on a neutral, my power ratings make this game seven. You mean counting home field? No, no home no, field. on a neutral. Plus one Cleveland, minus six Cincinnati. Yeah. Seven point difference on a neutral. Oh, wow. So you're saying like this is cheap then? Yes. I don't think it's that expensive either. I think there are a whole bunch of situational handicaps that all land you on the Browns here. I agree. They're playing with a fever pitch. I just got to wonder, doesn't the division game make the Bengals want to play? Like, I just don't understand why the Bengals would be up for the Raiders, but not up for the Browns. You always play better at home with a team with nothing to play for in the road, period. That's always a better motivational spot. What was that game? It was week 12 in 2010 against the Panthers. Lane what, nine. Who did they play the first week of the season? The Browns. I looked at six point spreads and didn't. Who see this year? No, no, no. I was talking in 2010. I was trying to remember what I was hoping I was right about that year. Cause I remember that line. I, I felt so idiotic. Like six weeks of the season. I was laying six with the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next game. Steve Fezzik's Rams favored by. How much here? 14 against Arizona. Fez, you got the Rams as the best team in the NFL, right? I did previously. No (laughs) longer. The Rams are currently the fourth best team in the NFL, tied with the New England Patriots on my power ratings. So all joking aside, though, where are you at with the Rams? Because you are defending them like like you own stock in the Rams. I guess you do in a way because you made a bet with me. What's the current future Super Bowl odds for the Rams? I last time I checked, I saw the Rams were right around six to one, I believe. Mm. What I bet them <laughs> at <laughs> against you. We had a bet and then it went to like two to one. He was talking about it so much. Now I haven't heard of people. In fact, I texted him and he didn't respond. Yeah, it's not not so, looking good. And I'm looking anybody who wants Rams out there, by the way, it's six to one, do a little prop swapping. Um, absolutely. I'm looking to dump my Rams. So what's wrong with the Rams? A bunch of things. Um, obviously, quarterback play has gone completely south. And I think part of that is that they're missing their wide receiver cup. I think that Gurley has been injured, so they can't just rely on the workhorse back to keep moving the chains. And I'm frankly, I'm worried this is just a tired team. This is their eighth travel that they've had to do since October 7th. By I define travel by having to leave their home city. So I count that week that they had to go to Colorado as a travel week. That's a whole lot of travel versus three routine home weeks where they stay at home and play at home. Uh, the November fires in Los Angeles, I think, was a big distraction for this team. So with the injuries, along with the distractions, along with the bad travel, this team has really regressed. Maddie, thoughts on the Rams? And some of it might be a little bit of complacency as well. As you know, you they they were so far ahead, the Rams and the Saints of everybody that oh, I'm at least going to get that first, you know, that home that first round by in that home game. And uh, I feel like they, you know, they pulled it off a little bit. You know, they started to. You know, not play quite as hard. And, and let's face it, that Marcus Peters injury um, excuse that we were making up so long. We're we talking about Talib or Peters? Peters. That Marcus Peters injury, you know, we're saying, oh, he's banged up. That's why he's playing so bad. I think he's just maybe gotten to that point that cornerbacks get to where he's just not an elite level cornerback. He's still on his rookie deal, though, right? 
Sometimes these guys, a few injuries, and suddenly you're never this. We see cornerbacks have amazing two-year runs, and then all of a sudden can't, you know, an injury comes and they can't play a lick. It's Fez, is this your favorite total? Uh, it's one of them. Let's I, go. Let's make this one your total best bet. In fact, listen, we can't go a show without this, so let's do it. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Go, Fez, go. We're going under the 45. This is a slam dunk no-brainer in my eyes. Arizona can't score right now. They lost their number one wide receiver, Kirk. And since then, Rosen has been absolute garbage, unable to move the chains. Last two games, only three and 14 points. But even though Arizona is not going to score, I think they have a decent chance to cover this game because you look at what has happened to Goff and the Rams team, and they are struggling so much offensively. Goff, QBR, last three games, 46. Remember, 50 is average. 46, 6 against Chicago, 25 against Philly, and he's lost his mojo. He's lost his confidence. I think that the Rams are going to look to minimize taking risks, not turn the ball over. No, there could be two sides of that, though. One is get him off the snide. It could be, but I think that they'd be much more confident in him just not throwing interceptions, get in, get out, win this game by 10 to 14 points and not take risks. Under is the best bet. I tell you this, this feels like the correlated parlay of the week, and it's not the mathematical, though 44 and a half is you know, relatively low. But to me, it's driven by if Arizona covers, and I think it's 50-50 that they cover. Because when Atlanta stomps you, curb stomps you, the way they're playing now, which isn't good, that's a bad sign, right? But if if Arizona covers, I think the odds of this going under is like 60%. Agreed. How is Arizona going to score 24 points in this game? That's not how they're going to cover by getting into a shootout. So that's the question is, even if it's just 50% that Arizona covers, if it's what would you say the odds are if Arizona covers that it goes under? 58%. Maddie, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I would say 58 to even 60%. Now, this is one you're going to have more trouble getting in because the spread is 14 and the total is only 45 that even more books are going to look to limit this parlay. Which is a sign when the bookies are scared, that's when you get when you take advantage if you can't. Brad, what's your main thoughts on the game? Uh, it's been a tough matchup, though, for the Cardinals against McVay. Last three meetings since McVay took over, combined score Rams 99 to 16. Uh, now obviously, pass for me. Obviously, schematically, a very different team with the new coach. Still was 34 nothing earlier meeting. No, no, I understand, but, but I think that's the real pertinent one, right? Yeah, I think the, I mean, the story I'm hearing is Wilkes is out. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he returned. I mean, a first year coach usually doesn't get fired. Mm, it was a terrible hire. Huh? Agreed. So what I'm Very saying rare. is this feels like it's a, again, this feels like it might be a substitute teacher thing where I'm not sure the team really wants to keep him. I think Wilkes, even as a first year coach, and to your point, they never get fired despite the, how bad the record is. He's a bigger favorite to get fired, I think, than Riverboat Ron. Is that That's true? That's how big betting a favorite. Yeah. Wow. All right. 49ers, Bears, and this line is... Bears four. Some would call this a trap game because I think Freddie Fanny Pack with his deep fried Twinkie on a stick on Fremont and his Fanny Pack loves the Bears here. 
Brad, you like the 49ers. I do. And let's talk about the flat spot for Chicago off home primetime win against the Rams off the big rivalry game against the Packers. They finally beat the Packers at home for the first time in nine tries. They clinched their first playoff berth since 2010. Now they're traveling across the country to a San Francisco team that you got to give them credit. Back-to-back home wins over the Broncos and Seahawks. The 49ers, despite not having anything to play for as far as playoff contention the last two years, are now 7-1 and in the month of December under Shanahan. I get it. They had Jimmy G last year, and some teams weren't playing as hard, but still 7-1 and the last two years in December. Give me the 49ers here plus the four. I, I get the 49ers are better than the record. It's just like... is. So Seattle and the 49ers, we we got it, what, a five and a half? Or we got it a four and a half, and it closed three and a half. Yes. So now this is four. So what we're saying is, what would the Bears-Seattle line be right now? Bears would be laying one and a half, two points. So we lost. Yeah. That seems yeah. short. I know. I was thinking two and a half. All right, but let's say even two. And, and going so, back, so, so we've lost two points of value in one week. And even look at the last two weeks. Just two weeks ago, we were playing San Francisco against Denver, hosting Denver, and we were getting four. And then we were getting four hosting Seattle. And now we're getting four exactly. hosting that, that, the Bears. That is a story there, buddy. Think about that. Denver to Seattle to the Bears, and the the freaking line's the same. Blue Horseshoe suddenly loves San Francisco. They've gotten upgraded considerably. Yeah, it might it might be, you know what they say along the same lines. Money never sleeps, pal. Money's not sleeping on the 49ers. <laughs> I might press the button here. I don't know. I don't know. What what do you what's your number one factor, Manny? Yeah, I'm on the Niners. I'm here as well. Gun to head. I lean to them as well. I mean, Nick Mullins is actually starting to settle down and play, play some good football. I mean, the Bears are hyper motivated, right? They, because if the Rams lose one game, the Bears get a bye and they're going to be hosting the Rams. Yeah. So, yeah. So Chicago wins out one loss by the Rams. Boom. They're, they move the Bears move up, move up to the number two seed. Who's the Rams playing week 17? 49ers at home. Ooh. 49ers are mighty good, I heard. 49ers finished last year, five-game winning streak with Jimmy G trying to do it again. And now it's Nick Mullins this year. Over 1,000 yards passing his in this three-game winning streak or this last three games. I mean, that's pretty good for a guy no one's ever heard of, Nick Mullins, thrown for 1,000 yards in his last three games. You know, and straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio 200 stations nationwide, iHeartRadio app, Sirius NXM, in the 200s, I can't remember the stations. Um, one's on XM, one's on Sirius. And actually on Fridays, almost every Friday, we're on Sirius 83 down with the big boys. It just matters what's on FS1. It strikes me, well, I guess the thing I was going to say about Mullins, remember he his first game was a Thursday game. Remember against the Raiders? And they literally, Bathard got hurt. And they didn't. They had a game time decision to start Mullins. So that's a literal game time decision. Like they waited right up until game time. They wanted to play a wounded Bethard over Mullins. And now look where we're at. I just I I did not confirm this, but I heard that Mullins QBR is 
comparable, if not better, than what Jimmy G did at the end of last year. Well, I mean, let's face it. The last three games, two of those defenses were Seattle, and one of them was this Denver Broncos vaunted pass defense, and he's thrown for 1,022 yards in those three games. I mean, could the case be made that that, that the Bears have the only defense that really ma- that, that really is a game changer in Baltimore. the NFL? It, see, I just wonder. I mean, it just... You think Baltimore's that good? Yeah. They're a game-changing defense as well. Is is there anyone else, or is that the two? No, it's just those two. Because you could make the case, last thing on this game, how good is Chicago? Because you could make the following case. They have the second easiest schedule, okay, Uh, based on football outsiders so far. They've had the least adjusted turnovers. And what I mean by adjusted is... We take thrown interceptions and cut them in half because those are skills. So it's not all luck. And even so, the Bears are the best on turnover margin. Now, we could say ball hawking defense, but okay. And then in close games, the Bears have been very lucky. So we do a little bad luck, good luck kind of ratio thing. The Bears have been the luckiest team in the NFL. Now, Houston's the second luckiest. Seattle's the third. Chargers are the fourth. It's not a surprise. Those are all really successful teams. The question, you know, wins and losses. The question is, how good are the Bears? I don't think, I don't think we know. And one thing about the Bears that is a concern, remember the season win number on the Bears is from memory, but I believe seven wins. So they're the team that has broken through the most in terms of expectations. And my gut feeling, whenever a team rise up, remember when Carolina became the best team in the NFL and they were favored to win the Super Bowl against Peyton Manning and it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, but they got all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but then they went right back down to, sure. to, to the next you know, year, the, 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 the very next year. And you could argue that that 15-1, even though it was a great run, could well have been an aberration. And I think the, the same, you could make the case potentially for the Bears whenever a team has that big of a jump up. And I think Carolina, I mean, if you remember, Carolina's running that playoffs was as impressive as we'd seen. They were just blowing teams out. So to some degree, I think the team can be really good one year and the old Allen Boston, the truth of a, of a team's level is going to exert itself ultimately and what you're saying is the Bears, la- Tr- is it me or Trubisky's regress since he came back? Yeah, well, he's definitely playing worse. Well, I don't think he's 100% either yet. Yeah, he missed the three games. And remember, him being mobile is important also. I know his injury is not to his legs, but for Trubisky to be a capable quarterback, he's got to be willing to scramble. All right, two games left. Steelers, Saints, lying in this baby. Saints by six. The market's five and a half everywhere. And somehow, though, the Super Contest makes it six. Yeah, I guess there's some... It moved up a little in the last couple of hours. I'm going to start on this game. I think the Steelers are better than we think. And I'm a fan, and I've been sour on them. But you beat Belichick in that spot. Impressive, obviously. The defense was impressive. The fact that Pittsburgh can insert a running back that no most people haven't heard of. Brad probably can give you his college stats, but you can. Yeah, Jalen Samuels out of NC State, probably one of the more versatile players in college football last year. Very good out of the backfield. I can't give you specific numbers. Wasn't like a thousand yard rusher or receiver, but when you add it up, it was like a fifteen hundred yard player last year. Brad Pat. That's why he's leading. I don't know if you heard Holt, but 
he's leading both podcasts. Where where am I in the other one? <laughs> well, that's true. He just had a. You had I. How did you do on it? You were there the one time, Brad. Impressive. Here's the thing, though. If Baltimore, who plays on Saturday, wins, Pittsburgh's got to win. If Pittsburgh loses and Baltimore wins, Pittsburgh's like twenty percent to make the playoffs. I mean, like this is this. Uh, can you look that up, Brad? As we're talking. Yep. Well, actually, we'll have. Let's have Mackie do it. So I want to let's assume Baltimore wins, Pittsburgh loses. So let, we'll get that number in a second. But the flip side is if Baltimore loses, it pretty much doesn't matter what Pittsburgh does here. They have the, and again, they're going to want to win, but they got the Bengals next week and Steelers just got to win one of the two to lock the division. So in a weird way, this, this Baltimore game is going to tell you so much about Pittsburgh's motivation here. Baltimore wins, Pittsburgh loses, Pittsburgh 31% chance to make the playoffs. Think about that. Yeah, I think that's because Tennessee and Indy play week 17. And whatever the logic right. is, what I'm saying is that if Baltimore wins Saturday, this is a must, borderline must-win game for Pittsburgh. So we shouldn't bet this game until we find out how Baltimore does Saturday, right, RJ? I think it's inter- I think it's an interesting factor here. And it doesn't give you a big gap, obviously, because it's an early in a 125, so you have to get right on it. Well, remember the uh, uh, Baltimore's well, no, on Saturday. Saturday yeah. night, so you'll have plenty of time. There's going to be a huge... This line will probably overmove because of that. Well, and this is one of those subtle correlations that actually is strong, but the market marketplace i think will be asleep at the wheel on this one and you won't see this line move right after the baltimore games goes final but you'll just see a trickling of money as people recognize this and bet it yeah so to me whichever side you like i think you're watching that ravens game when that score gets locked when the result gets locked whenever you know up 17 with four minutes bet accordingly i think because i think if you like pittsburgh here you got to hope Baltimore wins. And if you like Saints, you got to hope that the Chargers win. I think that's worthy of some dream music. That is some strong stuff. You know, Fez, I can't deny you. You won the Super Contest, right? So I've been told. (laughs) Matt, you got any Super Contests? Oh, I can't join that. I just can't relive that right now. You could do like a Central Florida and just say you were like the... You know, everyone but Fezzik champion. I could pretend. I could come out here and give this big speech how I deserve to win, but at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm sure you could. If it came down to one game, then who really would? And, and if Maddie Just luck. And if Maddie had hedged that, he couldn't even hedge it because no. he would have lost his hedge bet also by one point. Yeah. And just think, if you had won that, you could afford Fezzik's toupee. Yeah. I paint the sides gray every now and then. That's that's a new trend. That's like they call it what salt and pepper. They say it's like yeah, George oh. Clooney. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's super trendy. So, Fez, what is your number one factor in the Saints Steelers? Well, I gotta ad- admit, RJ, I got this one from you that the Saints have changed their stripes, if you will, from going to a team that's winning with offense to a team that's winning with defense. And, uh, and I mean, you look at the scoreboard; that's fairly obvious. You dig in the stats; it's even more pronounced than you might think. Right. And Drew Brees about to turn forty, and we've got to wonder if he's the same quarterback that he was early in the year. And remember, after week two, the Saints' defense was awful, and we we're talking about 
wowza, we, they had improved so much. And I guess they're regressing back to what their prior year's levels had been, even though we had forecasted that maybe that defense was even going to get better. Well, that defense is and has gotten better holding their last six opponents to under 13 points. Because of that, with the 53 and a half total, I think I could only look under if you play this total. And I think the Saints O-line seemed to be about as beat up as I had seen it. I mean, the thing is, Breeze was getting no pressure for a big chunk of this year. Carolina put a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, left tackle Armstead has been out five weeks. He's questionable to come back, and he's really good, as is their center, Unger, who went out in the third quarter of the last game, beginning of the third quarter against Carolina, and we saw the repercussions of having both those linemen out. New Orleans very ineffective in the second half in that game against Carolina. And I don't know that Unger plays this week because he's in concussion protocol. And usually when guys get hurt in one and it's a concussion, you miss one. So I wouldn't be surprised if he missed this one. And plus the Saints have, an, if I'm not mistaken, an easy week 17 game. Not that they don't want to win, but this is probably a, a half a lock. They just got to win one Concussion game. protocol, you can't rush anyway. The yeah, players yeah. actually got to get through it. They host Carolina week 17. Uh, well, I guess with Cam That's an on easy the show. game now. Well, yeah, with Cam on the shelf, perhaps. Huh. I wonder if that makes it where if Carolina is less motivated here because they know they want to be motivated, uh, this whole one-up theory to finish the year, wouldn't it be that last game against the Saints? No, I think the players want to would like to win to get week 17 off or only have to play a half. No, no, I'm talking about for Carolina. Oh, for Carolina. Yeah. I'm saying Carolina just played the Saints, played, you know, with all of the energy they had. Now they know they've got a rematch in the Saints. Isn't this a, a definition of sandwich game? Cam's on the shelf. I'm going to have to think about that. Brad, closing thoughts on Pittsburgh. That's a good time to tease. Remember, guys, Saturday, sometime around 11 a.m. Pacific. I don't know if you know, that's three hours earlier than the East Coast. That's two o'clock back east, as they say. Brad, any thoughts on uh, we're going to have our pick pod come out where there's no doubt about who we like? Brad, nothing to add. You got not. You got like ten, like ten lines of notes here. Well, you guys covered a lot of it. I, as are you far saying Jalen? Are you saying Maddie was reading from your notes? No, but I mean, as far as Jalen Samuels, I don't think you can expect him to have 142 yards this week against the Saints, who statistically have the number one rushing defense in the NFL. Sunday Night Football, Chiefs, Seahawks, and you know what this means. In this corner. Ego all over the place. That's Brad's corner. Brad Powers. (laughs) In the other corner, ego all over the place. Matty Holt. (laughs) Chiefs. Brad, you start. Yeah, best bet for me is going to be on the Seattle Seahawks here. Getting the two and a half points at home. KC's pretty much gone into a team that's been expensive here as of late. How about exactly zero covers in their last five games? Here's a team dealing with distractions as far as Kareem Hunt. On top of that, banged up skill position groups at running back and wide receiver. 
on the flip side, I get it. Seattle's coming off that loss. I can excuse that. Definite flat spot for the Seahawks last week on the road against a San Fran team they just destroyed a couple weeks earlier. Russell Wilson playing his best ball this season. Only one interception in his last six games. And to me, let's talk line value. If you just flip the home away here, give three points of home field advantage, I get it. Seattle's got above average home field advantage. Would you really want to lay eight and a half points with KC at home in this one? I certainly wouldn't. And I'll especially take the Seahawks as a home dog. 11-1-1 against the spread as a home dog since January 2011. Nine outright wins. They get another one here. Give me. So what, what years does that span? January 2011. But I'm saying that, that when's the last time they were a home dog? Earlier this year against like the Rams, they covered. And what was the last time before that? I'll have to look it up. Because I know I had that home dog side for a long time, and they had a bunch in a like right when they were emerging, mm. and then it went like five years they weren't a home dog. So it still shows that's a good home field. But let's not let's make sure like in the last six years or they're 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 like two games, yeah, two and zero or something. We'll see. All right, make your case, man. Look, I think that Brad just graduated from the University of Essler because <laughs> Kareem Hunt is still a distraction. How many weeks is Kareem Hunt going to haven't be a covered since he left? At this Hold on, you're not allowed jumping in. You must not want to hear what he has to say. Oh, that's fine. Let him talk. <laughs> Look, what we 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 do have some injury scenarios last week, Spencer. Where these guys are starting to get healthy. Sammy Watkins coming back. This is a team that was up by two touchdowns against the L.A. Chargers last week. If they'd have held on and beaten L.A. by that two touchdowns, and they don't blow it, or what if L.A. doesn't get that two point conversion and doesn't beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Suddenly, are we feeling the same down, uh, you know, sadness, depression stats that we are suddenly all throwing out about the Kansas City Chiefs? They've had extra rest, extra time for a team that probably needed it because they're having to, they have some difficulties and injuries on the offensive side of the ball. But on the other side of the ball, what saved the Kansas City Chiefs season? They started running the football. What's really important to running the football? Good play from your offensive guards. What's going on with Seattle's two offensive guards this week? They're both out. DJ Fluker and Jordan Simmons, neither one of them playing this week. That's going to affect that Seattle run game that everyone thinks is going to be so prominent this week. And what you're going to see is Ford and company in that backfield chasing Russell Wilson all day long. I'm laying the two and a half (laughs) with the Chiefs. What's it? It's almost like some wrestling manager voice or something. It, it sounds like Paul Heyman or something. That's it. The, the, the University of Heyman. I got my degree. Is that who it was you were imitating? No, no. But I just thought about it and I dig him. <laughs> He's Bez, that O line thing is interesting. Yeah, I got to do some. I'm going to be honest. I got to do some research on that. That is a. I, I think Maddie brings up an excellent point also about the fact here we got a team that's injured, Kansas City. But they played Thursday night, so now they get the extra time. That could be a factor getting some of these banged-up guys to possibly be able to play or to play better. I'm looking at Seattle's games right now. So they beat the Cardinals by three. Okay. Then they had a close one against the Rams at home. But in hindsight, that's nice, but it's not what we thought it was perhaps at the time. Then they blew out the Raiders. Okay, great. Easy win against the Lions. That was an impressive one. Remember, that line was yeah. three. Seattle was a three-point dog in that game. Okay. 
They lost to the Chargers at home. Now, listen, Chargers have turned out to be better than we thought at the time. Then they lost a close one to the Rams. Again, doesn't mean as much. Five points in that game. And then 27-24 against the Packers at home. That doesn't look so impressive. You know, what's disconcerting about that game, if you recall correctly, we laid two and a half, so that's the good news. Yeah. But... There was never a point that entire game. That was that Thursday short week game, too. Right. There was, and there was never. On the road. Yes. There was never a point that Seattle had ever had a chance to win by more than three. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But I just smiled and we had two and I, we didn't care. I don't give a care. Panthers then they win by three. Okay. Then they beat the 49ers in a game the 40 statistically was very close. Yeah, they got outgained by 100 yards. and in that, Seattle did. Yes, and Seattle in that Carolina game, if you watch that game, Seattle got their butt kicked all game long. Put an asterisk by that one. That's a, what I, I know you don't like it when I do this, that's a phony final. Carolina won that game. And then 21-7 against the Vikings looks good, but that was a toss-up game, right? 6-0 six, six with the Vikings in the red zone, nine minutes to play. That's right. And then, and then six minutes to play, what happens? The Vikings set up for a field goal. RJ, if you recall correctly, Seattle cheated. They got leverage. Guy leapfrogged over his own players, blocked the kick, blankets 14-0. Yeah, so think about this. They lost to the 49ers. They could have lost to the Vikings. They, uh, they easily beat the 49ers. I mean, even though it was closer, so that's an easy win. They could have lost to the Panthers. They could have lost to the Packers. They they lost to the Rams. They lost to the Chargers. I mean, in the last like seven, eight weeks, they've had one easy victory, right? They could literally have only one victory if things had gone against them. Yeah, the cluster luck has gone their way. Hmm. I don't know. Holt's pretty strong on this one, I think. I don't know. But I don't like laying on the road. Huh. All right. That's on, though. Last game, Monday Night Football. <laughs> That's right. Monday Night Football. We got Raiders. We got Broncos. Broncos two and a half. Fez, number one factor. I think it's a home run spot for the Oakland Raiders here. Likely the last home game that we're going to see in Oakland. And I think that that's going to. So they're going to miss the urinal smell? <laughs> I, I think that the special circumstances situations for especially for a bad team you look at oh Oakland played lousy when they went to Cincinnati how are they going to get real excited to play a team from Oakland to go to Cincinnati in the wintertime this is the game I think we're going to get maximum effort out of the Raiders he smells now <laughs> now do we believe that teams that don't have anything to play for. You said, Maddie, at home they play better. Do we believe on on uh, TV game standalones they play better? That uh, no one wants to look bad on TV. I believe that that's true in college a lot more than the NFL, even Monday Night Football. Yeah, but somehow being at home matters. Why? Why would that seems? I feel like you being on the road on, on TV, your hometown crowd. That's your sponsorship money. That's your local. You know, your local endorsements, your local fan base, your local charities. There's a lot of reasons why pro athletes get up at home. I'll give you 100,000 reasons why college athletes get up at home. It's stadiums that are half full most of the year that pack 100,000 people into that night game on national TV uh, when they have a big game. Brad, number one fact in the game. 
Well, to kind of piggyback off the motivation for Oakland, I do think they had the motivational edge, but also on the other side, what what does Denver have to play for? A couple weeks ago, I thought they had their bubble-bursting loss against the 49ers and then come back home against the Browns, who they never lose to, hadn't done so since 1990, lose another one, and it's the way they lost. Another questionable decisions at the end of the game by Vance Joseph. I got to think he's on the way out here. I think maybe a substitute teacher effect for Denver here, not the case with Gruden with that 10-year contract. Isn't it funny how lines even two weeks ago, like in hindsight now, Browns plus three just seems like such a nice play, right? Always as easy after the fact. No, no, but I'm saying, but but like, for example, like it wasn't that, it was like five weeks ago, the Colts were three against the Jacks. Yes. Right. And actually that game fell three. So it's like this, this season, I mean, the, don't you get a sense the Colts have jumped like that, that dominant win against the Cowboys. It feels like the world's upgraded them by two points. Look yeah. at the DVOA numbers on them. Now they're like top seven or eight Colts. Is that right? Yeah. Despite playing the 32nd ranked schedule in the league, they- which DVOA accounts for. So it's hard to be a high ranked yeah. team with an easy schedule. Yeah, I I got a feeling I'm a believer in the dream crusher that it lasts a week or two. And then there's a sense of, hey, we've got a season to play. So you just got to wonder if Monday night against a division rival is the time the Broncos come to play. And if they do. They have talent advantages. on. I mean, think about it. Two and a half. It feels like, you know, it's almost pick a winner. I know that's a, a shortcut. It's a square shortcut. But. Boy, do we really? Do you really want to bet the Raiders to win the game? It's a leap of faith, isn't it? Now, the Raiders, you could argue, should have won the game when these teams played back so, in week so, two. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, and I have one last thing. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, so it's a big revenge game. Oakland absolutely dominated. They played in altitude week two at Denver. They crushed Denver. They led twelve nothing. They had the game in hand, and they let it slip through their fingers. They lost nineteen to twenty in almost crazy fashion. That, by the way, is the game that the infamous fan duel better risked a hundred dollars and won $82,000 betting on the Broncos. So Denver was four and a half at San Francisco. Yes. And now Denver's two and a half, two weeks later at Oakland. Been a big adjustment. And what's the San Fran Oakland on a neutral? So two points less and San Fran is how many points better? San Fran three, three and a half. I've got San Fran three and a half points better than Oakland Uh right now. So somehow there's been a five and a half point adjustment downgrade for the Broncos. That's a lot. Yeah, they're selling the Broncos based upon performance and based upon injuries as well. All right, boys. Saturday, bonus pick pod. And if you want to go to the party, 25,000 plus 1,000 of crab legs, Fez's Corner. We'll get you like Archie Bunker's chair. Get me a bib. You know what we might do is raffle off a chance to tug on your hair to see if it's a toupee. No, we don't do that. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.